Hello everybody and welcome back to my podcast. My name is Isaiah Hicks and today we're going to be talking about Scary Hours 2, the EP that was recently just dropped by Drake, the hip-hop mogul, hip-hop artist. Let's get into some info about the EP. So what an EP is, it's an ex- it means extended play, so it's not an album or it's not a mixtape. So usually it's like five, maybe four songs and this EP it's three songs but it's a little less than the album would be but this EP is Drake's fourth EP um Scary Hours 2 which the which is the name of the EP is a sequel to Drake's second EP Scary Hours that was released in 2018 two American rappers are featured on the EP Lil Baby and Rick Ross now some background about the EP in January 2021, Drake announced that his upcoming album, Certified Lover Boy, would be delayed until later in 2021. Two months later, Scary Hours 2 was announced that it was going to be released a day prior on Drake's social media platforms. The songs. So the first song on the album is called What's Next. Its writers are Drake, Jonathan Priester, and Manesh Bidet. And it's produced by Super Mario and Manesh. Uh, personally, I like this song. It's probably my second or third favorite on the album. Um, but it's a good, good intro to the EP. Not album, but intro to the EP. It's a good way to start it off, I think. It was pretty strong, pretty solid lyrics. Uh, the beat was pretty nice, too. And I was pretty, I was pretty, I was pleased by the song. It's kind of the old Drake. Not old Drake, but something that we've heard from Drake before, so it didn't really shock me. The second song, Wants and Needs, uh, this might, this song is featuring Little Baby, who's a pretty popular rapper right now in the rap industry. Uh, this is probably my favorite song on the EP. Um, Graham, or not Graham, Aubrey Graham, which is Drake's name. Drake is an, he's a writer, Little Baby, Ronald Latour Jr., Dylan, Clary Crow, and Noah Shabib are all writers in the song. It's produced by Cardo, Des Wright, and Forty. Um, the song is kind of split up half and half when Drake has the first half and Lil Baby has the second half, and then Drake comes in at the end with another chorus. But I think this is the strongest song in the album just because of the presence of Lil Baby in the song. I really think that Lil Baby adds a good mix, a different, a good. A good different mix, if that makes sense, to the song. And the last one is Lemon Pepper Freestyle featuring featuring Rick Ross. Uh, Rick Ross is a very renowned name in the rap industry. He's been, been in the rap game for a while. Um, some writers in the song were Drake, uh, Rick Ross, Matthew Samuels, Cecile Maha, Robin Hannibal, some producers on the song were Boy Wanda, Austin Powers, FNZ, and Keanu Beats. Um, this was kind of a throwback song, kind of a Drake when he was on his first, like his Take Care album, kind of the, when he first started off. That, that's what this song gave me vibes from. It kind of gave me vibes of old Drake, kind of before he kind of had that transformation, so... Um, overall, I thought this was a pretty strong EP. I thought it had pretty good songs and pretty good lyrics. All the songs, I'm pretty sure, are number one, two, and three on the Billboard right now, which is pretty crazy. Um, 
But yeah, thanks for tuning into my podcast, everybody. Hope you have a good day. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Walt Trudeau, for the music, the smooth jazz. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Walt Trudeau, and special guest, Jack Graski. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And today's topic that we're going to be talking about is football. 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 So, Jack, what would you say your best memory of Catholic Central football is so far? You know, it's just got to be this past season with my brothers. We fought through so much adversity uh-huh. throughout the entirety of the COVID season. Talk about that. Uh, Talk about going. that. Talk you know, about that. Speak we were that. actually put off for two months Speak on that. between our contact. So we had to come together as a team without coaches, well social distancing with masks on. And I feel like this really bonded us together, and we uh-huh. came back and really I just finished that. it out undefeated. Wasn't the season like really, really long? Yeah, it was, it was like eight long. months. Eight bro. months. Yeah, eight months. Eight long. months. Long season, yeah. longer than any other season. It's a lot of hard work. It was tough, but I remember just to grind with the boys, and it was just, it was grueling. I'm not gonna lie, but once we got it done, it kind of, it was, it really felt Very good. Very satisfying. It's definitely hood. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. The second question is, going into your senior year, what do you most look forward to? You know, so much things to look forward to senior year. It's my last year here at Catholic Central, but oh, yeah. hopefully we can just put together another championship season with my boys. You know, oh, yeah. just go in there, work hard all summer, yeah. and, you know, I think we got all the right tools to come back and win D5 again, or even D4 if we get placed in that. Oh, yeah, what do you think, Walt? What do you, what do you I 100% think? agree with that statement. I feel like we will be capable of using the mentality that we had last year and bringing yes. it into this next season and really thriving forward. That hood mentality. That hood mentality that oh, we yeah. had. Yes, yes, sir. Just that junkyard dog mentality. That junkyard dog, oh yeah. yeah. Alright, boys. So, final question. Let's wrap it up here. What has CC football taught you guys? Like, outside of CC football. CC football, outside of football, I feel yeah. has taught me a great work ethic. Oh, incredible work ethic. I feel like I've pushed myself physically and mentally places where I don't think that I could have gone without my coaches or the other guys around me doing that. Yeah. And I think that it just taught me that if you work hard enough for something, you can go and win. Go get it. No, that's 100% true. One thing it's taught me is just that work ethic, that grind. Nothing really else in your life is like that. All right, now we're going to add one more question. So to someone, an incoming freshman or someone who's going to transfer, maybe someone who hasn't played football before, what would you guys say to them if they're thinking about playing football? Because they've heard about how hard it is, but what would you say to them? I think it's very rewarding. And if you do take the right steps, if you do put in the work, then you will end up winning. I also... My personal experience, the team that you're on, they're all, those people are your best friends. And they, yeah. It forms a great community between you and those when people. When you put in so much work with all these, all your other brothers, there's, there's a special bond there. And if you're an incoming freshman, I just feel like you can make friends through football and then going to the school year, you can make friends that way. So I really suggest it. 
Great answer, boys. Great answer. Well, that's all. That's all I really have. So I appreciate you coming on, Jack. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Walt, for joining us hey, again. Always co-host. Always happy. You guys have always a great. Happy. You guys have a great rest of your uh, rest of your day. Hey, you as well. We'll take it some smooth jazz and send us off into the night. Y'all take care. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Isaiah Hicks, and today I'm here with a man of many titles. Uh, I'm here with Mr. Tate. He also goes by Coach Tate, also goes by Deacon Tate. How's it going? Man, I am chilling, chilling, chilling. How you, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I'm good, happy man. to be here. Happy Absolutely. to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Happy to have you on. So today we're going to be talking about racism with a closer look at the life and dignity and the dignity and rights of workers. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, how do you think that, how racism applies to that? How racism applies to the life and dignity and the dignity and rights of workers? If we look just at our current system and how racism has functioned predominantly in this country, we see that the rights and dignity of workers have always been disregarded and ignored systemically and historically. Black people were indoctrinated into this country via slavery. That's how we came over here. Slavery became its own economic system. The exploitation of black slaves produced massive amounts of cotton and made white plantation owners very, very rich. Once slavery ends, then we see black codes come into place that then relegate black people into the criminal justice system. And through the 13th Amendment, they're still slaves. So you see this economic system of of oppression evolving that, um, that takes away from the rights of the workers by using and abusing black bodies for their labor, but never compensating them or paying them or seeing them as people just in general. Mm-hmm. So we see the life and dignity of the, the life dig- dignity and rights of the worker being violated via racism on a almost daily basis. If we look at just the institution of slavery and what that has produced. And currently we're dealing with it through mass incarceration Mm -hmm. and through um, the provisions of the 13th Amendment, everyone is entitled to freedom except if they're prisoners. So you see this criminalization of black bodies, not for the sake of black people are more prone to criminality, that has statistically been debunked. You see the criminalization of black bodies because they can be exploited for free labor. So when we have this discussion about the life, rights, and dignity of the worker, we have to talk about the historical trends in terms of building a pathway forward. So what did you know black activists in times of slavery call for? Mm-hmm. They called for freedom for everybody. You yeah. know, they that that that's it. In Jim Crow segregation when black people were being abused um, mistreated, um, lynched. lynched, terrorized. Yeah. What what did they call for? Equality. That's all they wanted. Just simple dignity. That's all they wanted. Today, in the face of massive greed, in the face of where the average median income of a black household is seventeen thousand versus the average median income of a white household being over a hundred grand, what are we calling for? Fairness. And it's not even just. It's not even just. Racism towards black people, it's racism, racism towards people, oh, everybody yeah. of color. It's Every, deep. I think it's deep. a lot of, a lot of, not just 
black families, but just be, it seems like families of color are all just, it seems like there's, there's a huge wealth gap of kind of the white family and then just families of color, there's just like. Black and brown, Latino, um, Latina, um, recently Asian Americans. Yeah. We all see them being brutalized and they are vital members of our society and vital members of our economy. And in terms of the church, they're part of the body. They're part of Christ's bride. They're, they're image bearers of the one true God. You know, God, we are all, regardless of the color of our skin, made in the true image of God. And I feel that a lot of us in the church, and not just the Catholic church, but the universal church of God, I feel that a lot of us have lost sight of the fact that regardless of our color, regardless of our origin, regardless of our cultural beliefs, regardless of all those things, we're all made in his image. And we've strayed from that. And it's sad. Well, how do you think, let me ask you this, let's wrap up on this. Okay. How do you think, so you talked about the, how, you talked about the issue, so how do you think that we can change it? How do you think we can kind of decrease that gap, kind of, hmm. uh, well, put more of a, put more of an emphasis on the rights and dignity of the worker, put more emphasis on that and kind of change that and change the trajectory towards that? We have to study and become familiar with how we've denied the rights and dignity of the human worker. That means looking at history from an objective standpoint and not glancing over anything. When we do that and then we get to the focus of people, not systems, but people. We do have to fix systems, but in order to fix systems, we have to fix people. When we make people our, our focus, then we're truly doing the work of social justice because mm -hmm. we're reconciling people back to ourselves and back to God. Yep. That's, that's the work of Christ. Well, I guess that wraps it up. I appreciate you for coming on and talking about this topic and sharing your thoughts. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. God bless you all, um, Father Greer's class. Thanks for having you. Everybody have a good rest of your day and be blessed. Peace out.